Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everyone, it's your girl Brini Lee and welcome to the Pep Talk podcast where we have real, raw, relatable conversations with the Pep Talk you need. You have the power to create your future with the choices that you make today. What do you bring to the table? Baby, I am the table. Love yourself a little bit more than that, ladies. Come on. Dust settles, queens don't. And don't forget, know your worth and then add tax. Period. Hey Pep Talkers, I am here with a new series called the Intimacy Series, where we have much needed conversations and dialogues with people from all walks of life, tackling taboo topics with the most honesty and transparency as possible. So you guys sit back and relax as we enjoy these longer form podcasts that will be just as powerful and thought provoking as my own Pep Talks. All I ask is that you keep an open mind and an open heart. How long into the marriage did you start cheating? Year one. So pretty much straight away. So, so why didn't you marry her instead of your wife? Because I didn't feel like she was marriage material. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I cheated, because I had a lack of integrity. My flaw, my lack of integrity caused me to seek outside attention. The brokenness hadn't been healed in yeah. me. Then I go back and do it again. And then I cheat with her again. And then I have this affair with this particular woman. And then I go, hold on. This makes it bad if I'm just sleeping with this one person because it's like she's taking the place of my wife. So let's minimize her experience in my life. Let's bring somebody else. So now I'm messing with a couple of girls. Did the first girl know that you was know that you was married? Oh, 100. She was she was around before I got married. I got in the car. I felt so. I've never felt this bad in my entire life. Hey guys, welcome back to episode six of the Intimacy series, where we have real, raw, relatable conversations with guests from all walks of life. And so today we have Latarius Whitfield. Did I say that correctly? Latarius R. You better put the R in there. Latarius. R. Whitfield. Oh, Latarius R. Whitfield. Yeah, yeah, you know, you got to, you know, stay I'm on brand. Stay I'm on brand. I'm so sorry, celebrity. You know I'm messing with you. <laughs> How are you today? Man, I'm doing great. It's so good to be in Texas, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Having this interview with you. Thank you for being a part of my intimacy series. We're going to have a real raw conversation today. Are you ready for that? I don't know if I can be raw. You know, I'm really private about my life. You know, That's I'm, a lie. Okay. That's an absolute lie. Okay, my bad. But let's talk about that. You're very, very open and transparent on your channel. Yeah. You have a podcast called... Dear Future Wifey. And what does that consist of? And what was the thought behind that? Well, Dear Future Wifey was my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. So I'm taking people uh, on my personal journey after my divorce, after getting into a toxic situationship, after my divorce, and the healing process that I've been undergoing uh, to make me the right man for the right woman. Right. So can you talk us a little bit through how old was you when you got married? How did you meet? What was the love story and what happened? Yeah, I married at the age of 28. I met my uh, ex-wife around the age of 20, 20-ish, 21. Um, met during the play. She was a production assistant. I was an actor. Uh, the play was called The Marriage. So how ironic wow. is that? <laughs> and so we met in that play. I had just gotten out of a relationship 
And I promised myself that before I got into another relationship, it would have to be at least one year of me uh, being single. And so I met her around the six month mark. And so I told her, uh, because clearly we had this attraction towards one another, had a lot of things in common. And then I said, you know what, I'm not, you have to wait until July the 4th. That would have marked the one year anniversary. Uh, And I said, we have to wait at least one year before I get in a relationship. He's like, I'm finna, I ain't finna wait on you. And I was like, you ain't got to wait. I'm just saying at the end of the day, that's what I promised myself. So how long would she have had to wait? Six, about seven months. Wow, to get with you officially. Yes, yes officially. Okay. And so all we did was just, we just hung out or whatnot. And then after that, you know, that July 4th came around, I said, hey, I would like to be in a relationship with you. It was as simple as that. Is that because you wanted to be in a relationship with her or you wanted to honor your commitment? I wanted to I wanted to be in a relationship with her because she was so, she was a calming spirit. She was a mm-hmm. type of woman that I could like gauge by a clock. I knew what she was gonna do each moment. She was very even keel, wasn't a lot of sass and a, you know, a lot of finger snapping or finger waving, none of that. She was just very chill and a very classy woman. So I needed that in, as balance in my life. So right. that's why I decided to marry her. So prior to that, you had dealt with the finger snapping. Yeah, I dealt. I was drama. attracted to, I had this, I had this attraction with drama. Well, toxic women. Yeah, You know, I like it, it was something about those type of women that kept me on my toes. And I found myself drawn to those type of women. My ex-wife used to say, she said, you like uh, she said, you have a Captain Saver complex. Right. And I said, what do you mean by that? She said, you like these women that need you. Um, and truthfully speaking, that's what it was. After I went through therapy, I had a codependency issue mm. and it was needing the affirmation and praise of people. And mm. so she, she hit the nail on the head and she was totally opposite of that. Really? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Okay, I want to come, I'm going to put a pin in the whole toxic, attraction, attracting toxic women and the captain say the who. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I want to talk more about the, the, the marriage. How was it? What are some of the pros of the marriage? And what were some of the things that you could have done well, without? Um, the pros was, again, she was constant. She wasn't some high maintenance woman that needed or cared about designer clothes and purses and all that type of stuff. Any designer items that she acquired was because I wanted to adorn her with those things and buy it for her. Uh, So she was very chill like that. She was a strong Christian woman, a woman that would uh, pray, a woman that was raised in church, a woman that had strong moral foundation and a strong moral compass. Um, Was that... what you was also at the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was born and raised in church and I said I wasn't going to settle for anything less than a woman that, I would always say a woman that would anoint my my, my pillow uh, and pray for me as my mom used to do. Mm. So uh, I wanted to always be covered in prayer. Mm. And so uh, she was that woman. Um, and she was a very strong businesswoman. I mean, I never spent the day in college. She <laughs> she graduated with a master's degree in entrepreneurial studies, um, and so I, I love that about her. She was very like a very she was real serious. She was the type of woman that was very serious. Um, so when you talk about some of the, the the cons about it, I wish I had some a woman that I could play with a whole lot more. More playful. Uh, r- real playful. Um, real freaky. Amen. I digress. Uh, but I wish I had a woman that was more in touch with her sexuality mm. to, uh, you know, just make did, sex bountiful. 
Did you guys wait until you were married to have sex? No, we were waiting till we got married to have sex, but we didn't wait till we got married to have sex. Does that make sense? No. I mean, that was so the goal. That was a goal, but you didn't it was get a goal. It was always the goal. Okay. So it was always those oops moment led by me. Right. You know, I'm like, you know, we're we going to keep it lit on here? Yes. Okay, I would always be like, can I just stick the head in? You know what I'm saying? Right. We ain't having sex if I just stick the head in. Can right. I just stick the head in? She's like, that's just, that, boy, that's I, I still doing the same. It's just, that, just please, Lord. I was 22 years old, 23 years old. I dated her for seven years oh so, wow yeah and so i was like just please let me just stick the head in you know and that's what i would do and um amen and and that was enough for a moment and then sometimes you stick but that sticking in. the head is sex though yeah is it yes oh okay so you're trying to get around basically you really thought you were doing something yeah i was i was trying to find a happy middle ground hey, <laughs> it's no, not hey don't, don't don't be knocking my hustle all right that that worked a whole lot of times with a whole lot of different women you understand me Amen. All right, now. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Don't be judging yeah. me now. Okay, what? Well, okay, what? Well, yeah, I would so, do that. So you said that you wanted someone that was more freaky. Yeah, just in, more. I just want sex bountiful. Like I don't need to be doing threesomes and all that type of stuff. I just want to. I just want somebody not to be stingy with their vagina. Okay, and you Amen. feel like that's what your ex-wife was? Yeah, I, I felt like she. What she told me before we got married, she was like, "Listen, don't think that uh, I don't want our marriage to be based on sex." Mm. I didn't know what that meant. You know, she said, right. based on sex, I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to objectify you. You know, we should have a healthy sex life. But it, it wasn't that. It was mm -hmm. she was she was more she had predetermined, I guess, the frequency that sex would be comfortable with her or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't live in that head. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just I know mm -hmm. in the future. Hey, man, mm -hmm. we're going to look towards the <laughs> the future. Yes. I want somebody that's not selfish with their vagina. Now, don't go share it with the world, but share it with me. Make it bountiful for me. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, amen. that was one of you gotta the- You got to say amen after, so you don't feel like a heathen. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Because <laughs> you made me feel like a heathen. So, yeah. those are some of the, pro the cons. Yes. Are some of the cons what led to the breakdown of the relationship? Yeah, uh, the cons were, and she said it best. Before we got married, uh, when I was going through a divorce, she said, I think I was a part of this thousand men of prayer at our church, and we were fast for 24 hours once a week. And um, on the third year of this, she said, you know what? And that's when I was going through divorce. And I said, she said, I think that you fasted praying that I would change. And then I said, you're absolutely right. The first year that I fasted, I prayed that that you would change. The second year, I prayed that I could accept those things that that I didn't like um, and just accept those things. And then that didn't work. And so the third year, I decided that who you are, I no longer want to be married to. And so I'm not bringing up my best self. So what were the things that you wanted her to change or you were praying for her to change? It was some of the things you just mentioned. Some of the things, but there's a whole lot of other stuff that I just, I never ever tell nobody. Right, right, right. Because I, I still have a protection over her because she's a very private person. Yeah. So uh, I never really shared those specifics. It was just things that I always said that is just not in alignment with me. Right. Yeah. And did you know these things prior to getting 100%. married? Were there things that you overlooked? What was the, why did you overlook them? What was that process? Because when you think about marrying somebody and you're, I was 28 at the time. She was. Would you consider that young? No. Okay. Nuh uh, 28, she was 32. So I felt like the age was great, but when you get married, you, I ain't gonna say you, me. I thought that Oh, we all evolve. We all change. So certain things that you may say, this person I don't particularly care for at this time, 
Yeah, they may grow out of it. Some may change. Life changes. Some of the, the things that you dislike, the light before, they change in time. And so I did that with my marriage, mm. not realizing with the mindset that I have now that who you are, I who I choose to marry now, if they don't change a thing about them, I better be them. choosing them based upon who they are. Right. Now, if they decide to change and do something else, then I have a leg stand. I'm like, hold on, you wasn't running around being no exotic dancer when I married you. Now you want to go out, you know, live this life now where you, I want to go embrace something that you've always wanted at 45 years old. Now you want to be a stripper. Now, right. we, we, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> right, right, right. But if you're marrying somebody based upon who they are now, then when they decide to change in whichever direction they go, then you can always say, you know what, I didn't sign up for this. Right, right, right. But still been married for better or for worse, for richer, for poor, through sickness and in hell. After breaking down with those marriage vows really mean then now I have this uh, this this ideology now of understanding what those vows truly mean. And mm. so based on those vows, I still didn't have a ground to grounds to divorce her. You know, it was just that in the mindset that I had, it was like, I don't want to feel like this any longer. So let me go ahead and do something different. So you, I filed initiate, for divorce. you filed for divorce. Was that against, did she know that that was coming or was she blindsided? Uh, she knew because I told her, I told her before. Um, and then the other part, I didn't like who I became. You know, I became, uh, a, I actually became that which I despise, which was, and habitual cheater. Mm. So then I started stepping outside of my marriage, looking for that which I desired internally and started looking for it externally. Now I don't even like who I became. Mm. So then I start going through therapy and then I start going through therapy in the, and counseling, in the marriage. And then I start saying, okay, who is this guy? I don't like this guy. Let's get healed from some of this brokenness that has followed you throughout life. Then I go through that healing process. Now this new form of terrorists really don't like what the marriage is. Right. Because it's crazy because your healed version may not like what your broken version was attracted to. Mm. And so that's the danger when you are getting married and you're broken. Yes. That's why I say healed people need to get married. Right. I need to marry a healed person. That healed person needs to marry me and now we have a healthy foundation but right. if I'm broken and I married a healed person I'm into breaking that healed person and then when I finally get healed then I was like I never liked them first it's, it's, it's crazy but could someone have told you back then that you were broken did you think that you were broken no, at we, 28 when you got married no and we didn't even have that terminology back then so you have to think about mental health became popular now yeah, in the culture. You hear different. more African Americans embracing therapy, but you know the white counterparts was already doing that. Doing that, uh, but now that's become common. It's become acceptable. It's no longer taboo. So mm -hmm. if somebody told me to go, even marriage counseling was a little taboo because even when she was like, "Hey, let's go to marriage counseling," which we did, I was kind of like. I don't, I don't need nobody in my business. You know what I'm saying? Like right. what y'all see now ain't who I used to be. I right. would never be sharing my business with people. Right. You know, I'm like, nobody don't need to know. And I, and I used to always say those people who are marriage counselors, you know, uh, they ain't dealing with what we dealing with. And I bet you if they was dealing with what we dealing with, they wouldn't be dealing with it. You know, right. I would always try to minimize the the, the expertise and right. the experience of that. Right. You, would, you didn't want to take accountability. At all. At all. Okay, so we'll talk about accountability in a minute, but you were a habitual cheater. Yes. Can you talk us through the mind of a habitual cheater? Of course you can't speak for all habitual cheaters, but can you speak- For me. For you, and what that looked like for you? What was the thought process from the beginning to 
So the very first part was a part that was the most closest to God in my cheating, meaning that when I stepped outside my marriage, I was the type of guy that before I got married, I would come against any guy that was in my circle that would cheat on their wives and they would brag about it. I got this woman. I'm like, I can't believe you're doing this, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I would go off on them. So I was that dude. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, that's the, why would you get married if you're going to cheat? Just stay single. And I have that a lot. Yeah. So then I get married, and uh, and one guy told me, you'll never understand what, what, what marriage really feels like and what I'm dealing with unless you get married. I know if I get married, I ain't going to be cheating my wife. I, ain't, I know I ain't going to do that. Because in my mind, I was like, I will have sex bountiful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So why am I going to step out? I wasn't the type of guy that needed variety. I just needed uh, um, frequency. Okay. So, so I don't need to have all these different women. I did that in my single life. I just said, I wanted frequency. Give me my one woman. We're going to love each other. We're going to make love to each other. We're going to experience the highest form of, 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 of lovemaking with each other. Let's have fun. But when that wasn't um, available, then I started saying, dang it. You know, well, what should I do? So I remember I would... Um, I would literally go into the shower and I would masturbate. So I said, I don't want to, I don't want my wife to feel like she's inadequate in any way. So I, even though I would talk about, you know, let's have sex or whatnot, and she'd be like, oh, whatever, whatever. So I right, forget it. I'll just masturbate. Maybe I have an unhealthy viewpoint of sex because she wasn't that sexually active when she was uh, before we got married. Yeah. Uh, and you was? And I was. Okay. You know, so so she was like, I don't even have that experience that you have, and you know. There it is. So then I get married. So I was like, maybe I'm just dirty. I'm just unclean. I'm just, what is, what is this? I just want to have sex like a few times a week, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I said, forget it. I'll just masturbate. So I started masturbating. I remember one day um, I had masturbated and I ended up leaving this lubrication in the shower. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to see it. Oh my God, I can't believe this. I'm embarrassed. And she saw it and didn't say nothing. And I was like, so how'd you feel about that? And she was like, oh, take care of yourself. And then that hurt. And I was like, you tell me I'm a grown man and I got to beat my meat? Like, really? Like, I was going to write a book called I Started Masturbating Once I Got Married. I would have written that book when I got married. And is that true? Yes. I never masturbated a day in my life until I wow. got married. Never until, until I got married. So I was never a guy that watched porn. I never did that stuff. I never right. was masturbating as a little kid. I just never did. Uh, so what happened was I said, wow, okay. So then... I could no longer at the time I would think about my wife when I masturbated and then I stopped thinking about her because now I was hurt by her. So mm. then I couldn't even get a wreck thinking about her when I mm. masturbated. So then what I do called on an old memory. So I called on an old memory of a girl that I used to mess around with. I could masturbate. Then um, fast forward about a couple of months later. I go to this fashion show. Who do I see? I done manifested this woman back into my life. And she's like, hey. And I'm like, hey. And I'm like, I'm feeling kind of guilty. I'm like, if you knew the thoughts I had with you earlier this morning. So then I was like, okay, this is is weird. We exchanged numbers. Her number had changed. My number was still the same. And we reconnected. Went to her house one day. And things, she started reminiscing. You remember we used to do this? You remember over there at the castle? We did this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dang. Yeah, I remember that. And it got a little heat, heated. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be that dude. Left. But then curiosity killed, killed the cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to come back and 
killed the cat. So I came back. <laughs> I came back uh, about a week later, and the next day, you know, when the conversation happened, things got heated, boom, we had sex. I got in the car. I felt so, I've never felt this bad in my entire life. I literally got sick to my stomach. I wanted to throw up. Mm-hmm. I was driving home. I was getting woozy. I was scared. I was like, what if I die on the way home? Right. What if I die on the way home? And, and, and she finds out that I was leaving this, this girl's house, and, and now at my funeral, there's all this crazy <laughs> stuff going on, and he was cheated, and she's standing up there and say, he was a cheater anyway. Don't cry. He was a cheater. Like, I had all this thought. Like, seeing ain't peaceful at all. Yeah, yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh my God. See, I'm in the, my background is theater. Right. So I was like, oh God, this is terrible. I'm that dude. So I go home. I walk in there, and just shame is covering me. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, it says when, when, when you know, Adam and Eve knew that they were naked, yeah. you know, and they hid. Yeah. And so I'm walking in the house, and I feel like she could just see my sin. And the first thing you do when you get in the house, what? Go take a shower, because you want to wash the sin off as if mm-hmm. it's going to take the stain away. And um, I took a shower and I was like, you know what? This is the last time I'm going to do this. It's one time, one time only. I'll take it to my grave. Oh, I ain't doing it no more. But because the brokenness hadn't been healed in yeah. me, then I go back and do it again. Yeah. And then I cheat with her again. And then I have this affair with this particular woman. And then I go, hold on. This makes it bad if I'm just sleeping with this one person because it's like she's taking the place of my wife. So let's minimize her experience in my life. Let's bring somebody else. Let's start having wow. sex with somebody else because wow. I don't want to feel like that. Just like this, she can't right. be that important. Right. So let me find somebody else, and then I let her know that I ain't messing around with nobody. Like I'm just messing with her. So now I'm messing with a couple of girls, and then I'm, and then it just trickles and trickles and trickles. Did the first girl knew that you was know that you was married? Oh, 100. She was she was around before I got married. Yeah, she knew we messed around before we got married. And before I got married, she was like, hey, can we? She was trying to stop me from getting married. And I was like, that's not going to happen. So when you were caught in your wife, you were still seeing this girl? Well, I well I knew of her. We, we, I mean, we were still like associating with each other, but we wasn't like sleeping with each other th- throughout the whole time. So we did at the beginning, which my ex-wife knew about that. So you got with your ex-wife. Yes. And in the dating stage, you were still messing with this girl. Yes. Right. At the beginning stages of my So dating. do you feel like this girl had a stronghold over you? Like there yeah. was Well, it was it was it was just this familiar spirit. It was yeah. just comfortable. It was yeah. like it was wasn't no it was we just we just vibed on that level. You know what I'm saying? So it was just it was easy. You know, mm. uh it was just easy. We just enjoyed each other a whole lot. So, so why did you marry her instead of your wife? Because I didn't feel like she was marriage material. Mm, what is ain't marriage material? So, ain't that crazy? No, no. It's, yeah, I, 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 mm-hmm. What is marriage material? For me, I wanted a woman, like some of all the attributes that my wife, my ex-wife had, she didn't possess. And those are the things that I desired most. Mm. It's the, it's the, it's the, I it's made the a video. It's the 28 rule. I made a video on this saying why men lie about what they really want. So they will get the woman that looks good, that is good for the Christmas photo, I said. Yeah. That looks good and fit the picture of a good wife, a perfect wife, but the dark side of themselves that they refuse to accept. And I find this a lot with Christian men. Mm-hmm. The dark side that they refuse to accept is what they actually desire and seek after. It may not be that person wholly, but there's, yeah. that, there's that dark side that they haven't come to terms with that actually I do desire this like they talk about a lady in the street and a freak in the streets or whatever. But like there's some men go so far, marry the opposite of what right. they actually desire. 
And see me, I'm not like that. I'm I'm real. So I'll say exactly what the stage is. Like I told my ex-wife, this is what I desire. Uh, I'll tell the woman, this is why I would never marry you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll, I'm just real. I'll mm. say exactly what it is and let you decide whether or not you want to play whatever role it is. Mm. And I'm just honest. That's one of the things that, uh, one of the great qualities about me is I'm extremely honest. And that's why when I started operating in deceit, it was so outside of my character right. where I had to tell my wife. You know right. what I'm saying? I was like, this thing. I wrote names. I wrote the amount of occurrences. This is what she did. This was just oral sex that she did. This right here was, I wrote it all on a piece of paper. So when did your wife find out after how long? And About five years. How long into the marriage did you start cheating? Year one. So pretty much right away. <laughs> you ain't got to say right away. Just say year <laughs> one. I say year one. Just repeat what I say. Just say year one. So then five years into the marriage when she found out, how yeah. did she find out? I told her. It was too much guilt? To yeah, and I, like I wanted to just be better. You know what I'm saying? So it's she like, had no idea for five years. I think she 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 assumed a lot, but she just you just don't have no proof. You just assume. You know, you be like, man, something ain't right. These girls, you keep talking about your friend. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it was that sort of stuff. She was. I mean, let's face it. She got the Holy Spirit in her life, so the Holy Spirit was telling us stuff. Yeah. It's just that I'll be like, girl, come on, that, that's not what that is. See, why why you act like that? It's not even that. Right. So I would just lie. Would you say you loved her, your wife? 100%. So you believe that men can cheat and still love? And still them. love the person. How? Now, be in love is a different story. Okay, explain. Because love is, like, heck I, heck, I had a dog and I love my dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not to compare my wife or anybody to a dog, but that's that's that agape love. That's that that's that love that even may be phileo, which is the friendship love. You yeah. may have, like I said at the very beginning, I was good friends with my wife. So we had friendship love, but uh, we lacked the eros love, which is the erotic love. And and the so I loved her. I loved what she stood for. I just didn't believe. And then you can love somebody and still not have uh, a strength in the area. So the reason why I cheated, because I had a lack of integrity. So I still loved her, but my, my flaw, my lack of integrity caused me to seek outside attention where it was um, not present in my pre present relationship. Mm. So that's just, that's why you have to look at them different. A lot of women be like, how can you love me? You cheat on me. He's like, cause I love you and I cheated on you. And then you gotta understand how does that person see love? It may not be on the level of love that you desire cause your love may be love is faithful to me. Yeah. And, and he says, well, love is paying these bills and keeping these, these lights on. You know, love is coming home to you. These other women don't mean nothing. And that's what he means. That's why I said, I don't even get caught up when somebody says they love me. You know, they like, I love you. I said, what does that mean? Mm. That's the first thing I ask. It may sound crazy. Yeah. Like, what, does, what does that mean to you? Yeah, yeah. What does love really yeah. mean to you? I mean, I just feel like I can spend the rest of my life with me. What does that mean? You, mm. could, you, could you be faithful to me for the rest of your life? What if I did this? What if I end up getting sick? Could you do this? I'll start bringing out pieces of those marriage vows and say, do you love me like this? Do you think your ex-wife loved you? Yes. But she only loved me to a certain level of sacrifice. Because our, our marriage wasn't based on sacrifice. It wasn't much um, that she sacrificed. Right. And she would say stuff like, well, I sacrifice in certain areas. She sacrificed where she was comfortable sacrificing. But when it was like, and one thing I can applaud her for, but then say, uh, is that she never fought for our marriage. And she said it. She's like, I'm not going, you want to leave? Leave. She never once told me not to divorce her. I respect that. Though. Yeah. So I was like, cool. But the reality is, is, it made me more peaceful in divorcing her. 
How? Because it was nothing to fight for. Wow. It was it nothing. It was not dead. Because he said love ain't... You know, Something worth having is something worth fighting for. We hear that a lot. And we say, well, that may bring on a toxic culture, but it's not true. If I really, really, really want you, I'm going to give a little bit of effort towards keeping you. Now, if you just automatically, if I say, hey, I want to be with you no more, and you'll be like, or if I say, man, I just want to get divorced, you'll be like, fine, get divorced. You'll be like, well, God, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so right. it didn't really mean nothing to either one of us. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it should be something there, not to chase a man, not to chase a woman, but it should be something that makes him feel like even this. I really, really hate that you divorced me because I never, ever wanted us to ever get divorced. And I love you. I can't imagine my life without you. But if that's what you desire, then I'm not going to stand in your way because I love me more than to fight you and to force you and stand with me. But I never want you to leave. Then that right there is like, oh, Jesus. But would that have changed your mind? Probably not, but it was sounding good. Now, the point of the matter was, I said that she could have said that and it made me feel less guilty. But then <laughs> she could also say, if you really wanted to be in a marriage, you wouldn't have been. Right, no, I didn't want to be in a marriage. So I didn't want we'll to. say that neither one of you wanted to fight for the marriage. Yeah. But you, but she would have still been married to you if you hadn't cheated, right? Yeah, we've just been, we just been miserable married. But was she unhappy? I don't know, because she don't talk a lot. Like my ex-wife, she wouldn't talk a lot. She wouldn't, that's a whole other issue. That's again, right. so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anyway. Mm. That's why she, I said, now we cool. We cool this very day. What if day. she was happy in the marriage with you? That she was happy? Yeah. Then. That she would have stayed with you if you didn't cheat. Would that still not have been enough for you? No, because it was some things that I said that the relationship was broken by yeah. that I needed it to thrive. I needed right. certain things to happen and for a mind shift to happen in order for legacy to be created, in order for us to stay together, for us to be thriving together or whatnot. And that just wasn't present. And was these things that you had communicated with her? 100%. But she wasn't willing to change? Not at all. She said, I am She's who like, I am. this is who I am. She said. Which, do you believe is fair? Yes. And that's why I say the reason why we got divorced is the reason why I had pause to even get married in the first place. Mm. Can we speak to the brokenness that you mentioned? What You've had therapy now. You've gone through that process, just obviously still ongoing process. What is that brokenness that made you seek out other women? That the codependent spirit, the, the sense to feel needed. Um, I remember when I was touring shows across the country and I go from touring shows across the country to doing nothing and money dried up and all that. Well, I went to go accumulate wealth so I could feel like I, I um, deserved a wife mm. because I grew up in a poor family. My, my father wasn't doing well taking care of my mom or whatnot. And so I said, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go make money and then I'm going to marry somebody and I'm going to give her the life that I wish my mom could have. But then when that dried up, then I said, I don't deserve to be married because I, I, I can barely take care of myself right now. Mm. So healing that brokenness to recognize that that marriage vow for richer for poor she never put that burden on me i carry that burden i wrote a facebook message uh a post on our anniversary that said i had to research the etymology of what husband means and the word husband is defined as householder one that holds his house together well i didn't know that see we, we get married and we we take these vows and don't even know what the role is mm. you know and i was like wow that's interesting, but it's a huge mandate on the word husband. And so I didn't know that. Here I was, 28 years old, saying these vows, not understanding what it is. And then about 30, when my money started drying up and I'm facing foreclosure, about to lose my condo and Lexus got repossessed and all this type of stuff, 
my identity was attached to, to the finances things. and to the money of what made me feel like a husband. Mm. And in that letter I wrote, but my wife never once made me feel inadequate. Mm. It was me. It was you. It was all self-inflicted. So in what you were saying is that you almost felt inadequate, like I would use the word loser. Yes. In not having the money, not having the father, not having like lack, yes. almost like a poverty mindset. When I became broke. Yes. Right, when you became broke. And had to file bankruptcy and all that good stuff. Whilst yes. you were married. Yes. So this affected your self-esteem. 100%. And in order to get your power back, did you, do you feel like you wanted power in other women? Yeah, by? sort of. It was just more of just self-medicating. So it was like women were a release to be like, and these were people, I wouldn't just go out and find some random chick. It'd yeah. be women that I knew, you know. friends and stuff like that. So it'd be, you know, I would have sex when we'd be cool. It was my moment of, of release. I remember in the movie Fences where she said, don't you think I want to go up somewhere and forget it and shut out the problems of my world and, 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 and have sex with somebody and blah, 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 blah. And, but she said that and that's, she hit the nail on the head. August Wilson penned the beautiful play. Uh, but in that, he was saying that when men go into, when they go escape and they go into adulterous relationship or affairs, it's to forget about home mm. is to forget about whatever stress and struggles they going on because mm. with you with with the quote-unquote side chick or the one you're sleeping with y'all ain't talking about bills and balancing this yeah. and, and raising kids and all you ain't talking about nothing escapism stuff. yeah you just escape and go do what you gotta do and you come back and face it again there's this quote that says pain seeks pleasure yes when someone's in pain they seek pleasure to like you said medicate yes so as much as you was medicating you was i guess driving a bigger hole in Creating a bigger mess. 100%. I went through therapy. I got After the divorce? No, I went through it while I was in the divorce. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went through this program at my church called uh, Celebrate Recovery. And it's an international program. It's a, it's a group therapy program. Uh, it takes about a year. Went through that whole process. And, um, and then just got very involved in church. And then ended up getting a divorce. And then got more therapy. And then start this podcast where weekly I'm in therapy. Uh, so yeah. it's just... Yeah, it's just that I'm, I'm wrapped around being facing the ugly truth about who I was. Can I ask how your podcast is helping to heal you? Oh, shoot. To sit in front of uh, thousands of people weekly, being accountable, saying stuff yeah. that I kept private because God said, I can't heal what you won't reveal. Mm. So even in that. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another so that you may be what? Healed. Healed. So my podcast is the epitome of that. I literally confess my faults. People, some lady DM me one time. was like, why do you always talk about that you cheated on your husband? Have you, I mean, I cheated on your wife. Haven't you forgiven yourself for that? And I was like, yes. Well, but why, why do you say that all the time? I said, that's what healing looks like. Right. It's because, a story. Yeah. When I was hiding, you wouldn't hear nothing. You know what I'm right. saying? So now just because I talk about it now, why you why you even talk about it? Because <laughs> like, that's wow. what healing looks like. Yeah. And so that's what it was, because the Bible says. Confess your faults one to another. That's what therapy is mm. so that you may be healed. Mm. And so when I get on the podcast and I talk about this stuff, God is just healing me and he's healing the world. Mm. He's healing other men. Men DM me all the time. and They start talking to me about a whole bunch of stuff. And it's just been absolutely amazing. Mm. That's actually beautiful. Quickly, I want to talk on vulnerability. How far is too far for you? How far is how much how far is too far in sharing? and oversharing because like you said that person messaged you and said why are you always talking about this 
And some people get annoyed and angry and triggered by vulnerability. How do you know when you're sharing too much? Well, I believe my, my rule of thumb is when I'm uncovering someone else in the story. So it's like someone that didn't ask for it. Like for instance, for my, for my, for my ex-wife, it's like if I'm sharing, if I'm sharing um, what makes me even comfortable in this interview is I've shared even more than I have shared ever about our relationship. Mm. She didn't ask to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. She didn't ask to be in the video. She didn't ask me to do what I do. Uh, so when I'm doing that, I feel a little, ugh. Yeah. But, um, and then, and so I always ask, even when I dropped the first video where I talked about my infidelity, it was an episode that I did in season one called To Cheat or Not to Cheat. And <laughs> I had uh, Joey Greco from a TV show, Cheetahs. Well, oh, before wow. I released that video, I sent it to her and said, how do you feel about this? Because when I was married, I said, I want to talk about it. And she's like, no, nah, don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. I would have to feel questions from my family. After I got divorced, I'm no longer obligated to that. So I sent it to her just as common courtesy. And she looked at it. She said, and this is what I like about you. When you start operating in your God space, it's beautiful. Mm. She said, the podcast looks absolutely beautiful. She said, though I hate the name of it, but uh, she said, because I'm the wife that, right. that you should stay with. Mm. But, uh, and that's the first time she ever said that. And I was like, well, doggone it. Did you just kind of wow. shoot your shot? Uh, but that was the only time. Again. Yeah, she said, you know, I'm the wife you should have stayed with. Wow, I was like, wow. that's deep. That was it. So um, I sent it to her, had her blessings on, over it, and then now I share And then she said what she loved about it is that I never uncovered her in it. I just always talked about uh, my lack of integrity. Yeah. 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 So what would you say to people that may have listened to your story about your cheating and tried to condemn or judge you? What would you say to those people? I won't say nothing to them. I literally won't say nothing to them. See, because at the end of the day, this is my journey. Yeah. Like, it's my journey, and it's what I did. It's not who I am. Mm. It's what I grew from. Mm. This podcast that people have fallen in love with would not have been birthed had I not gone through that. Mm. You know, so it's all things are working together for the good of them that love God and to the called according to his purpose. Mm. The reason why I can resonate, the reason why uh, a marriage was redeemed on my podcast with Tavia and Jewel is because I saw the brokenness in this man. And when I had him come on the podcast and in the first episode, I be, began to be able to speak to them in ways that no one else has been able to speak to them. Mm. And then I sponsored the therapy and then I brought him back on the podcast with the therapist. And the guy said, no, he even told his wife, I'll go through therapy, but the terrorist has to find the therapist. Wow. And I had, I said, I already had him already, already had him six months in advance. So that's why I mean, it's because I went through that. But had mm. I not went through that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to see that. I'd be like, oh, y'all all right. Like right. church folks do. Oh, y'all be all right. No, I saw it. Right. I saw they were on their way to divorce before they even reached their 25th uh, wedding anniversary. Wow. And it was, they were 24. That's purpose. Well, thank you so much for blessing my channel with your honesty and your transparency. I truly believe that vulnerability is our strength. So can you speak a little bit more about vulnerability and encourage men out there, women out there to tell their story, to share their story and to be open and honest? Listen, men, women, the Bible says that people will be overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. That's it. That's the requirement. That's the mandate. If you ever want to be helpful, then share your story. You have no idea that your story about uh, child molestation or your story about uh, teenage pregnancy or your story about being locked up because you were behind on child support, whatever that story is, drug addiction, being delivered from porn addiction or whatnot, that story will help free somebody else. 
and the Bible says that free men, free men. Well, it's not actually in the Bible. I just kind of wrote it in mind. <laughs> but uh, it's the same thing. Book, of, yeah. book of Lateris. Yeah, the book of Lateris. Lateris. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Pep Talk podcast. It would mean so much to me if you can leave a review, rate this episode, and I will see you in the next one. Stay fabulous, ladies.